Good evening, everybody. <clears throat> Said we would be on by 7, and so uh, Netta got us started one minute early to make sure I didn't fib. Um, but uh, give a couple minutes for everybody to tune in and for all this to catch up uh, on that. Uh, so won't be very long tonight. I know I say that a lot, but I promise tonight it won't be as long as any other Wednesday night, so to say. Um, and uh, But wanted to take a few minutes of time. We haven't been on in three weeks on a Wednesday night. And so wanted to, uh, we've got enough voice that we can do it. We was trying to sing. I still don't have enough voice to sing. I can't hit the notes everywhere and can't run together that long. But we want to go to the Lord in prayer. And so we'll start out with our prayer request list we got here. And I thought I did. Picked up a bulletin on Sunday. Um, <clears throat> let's not forget those of our members that are uh, stay at home. Uh, Sister Mary Jane, Sister Twana, Brother Junior. Uh, remembering all of them. Uh, in our uh, prayers as we go through this uh, continue to pray for Sister Donna Fay uh, remember her in your prayers I'm doing uh, better still got a little ways to go but uh, desire your prayers uh, Sister Barbara's test um, no new cancer we praise the Lord for that uh, no other cancer showed up in her test that she had done and she's good to go and she'll have her surgery on on Friday uh, so remember that uh, remember uh, brother Lloyd Shores lift him up uh, Lynetta's got her sleep test all completed uh, waiting for her equipment which they said would be around two to three months or three to four months so remember that in your prayers uh, David's mom-in-law Lynn is doing good uh, we praise the Lord for that. Uh, remember uh, Brother Don, uh, his treatments, Sister Mary, she's she's needing to get a, uh, a surgeon. She's having a real problem finding uh, ones accepting patients right now. Uh, so remember that in your prayers. Uh, remember her brother-in-law, Timothy, in your prayers. Uh, remember Bill McAfee, Ethan Leonard. Uh, brother Danny uh, his shoulder doctors said it looked a little more complicated than they originally thought and so going to get some more uh, excuse me uh, insight and input on that uh, so continue to remember him uh, Debbie Henderson sister Jean's brother Pete uh, sister Donna Arnold's cousin Karen Jason and Darren uh, Jason back in the hospital um, has uh, some uh, sores they're trying to deal with and get done and so he'll be in there a couple weeks more uh, but also uh, then after they're wanting him to go to a rehab and he doesn't like that idea and, and I don't say that I can blame folks for that but it's what's best for him let's pray uh, God just give him peace of mind and he, he can take care and do that uh, Darren sister Joanne's friend um, with cancer uh, 
Brother Jerry's foot's doing well. They got all the melanoma. We praise the Lord for that. Uh, Norma Whitledge. I uh, remember her. Uh, Brother, Brother Bill, Sister Joanne. Brother Bill's needing knee replacements, so uh, do uh, remember that. Sister Rose Todd, her family. Uh, Liz Denson Wright. Uh, Brother Daniel and Sister Diane. <coughs> Excuse me. Uh, Sister Rhonda, Evan, and Rob, continue to lift them up. Uh, Reverend Charles, Carl Chesser, uh, Joe and Betty Howard, uh, Sister Gail, remember her, and then also her great uh, nephew, uh, Dr. Bill Curry also, uh, Sue Willis, and Debbie Scott, uh, Aletha Ray, Sister Barbara's great-granddaughter, Eleanor, and then her great-grandson. Uh, remember him. Remember uh, Sherry, uh, visitor at church Sunday morning. Uh, Sister Pam had a cousin to pass away. Remember that. And then also the uh, Sawyer family. So do remember these in your prayers. Uh, <coughs> And uh, be much in prayer one for another, for our country, for our upcoming election. Uh, just uh, pray that God will have his way and that we will follow the leadership of the Lord. Uh, really vital to pray about these things, not just go inside blinded. Um, but do remember that. With that, we'll go Lord in prayer tonight, and then we'll get into our study for a few minutes. Father, this evening. We thank thee, Lord, for your love and mercy. We thank you, dear God, for your many blessings. Ask you, Lord, to help us to do your will and to praise your name. Father, we pray tonight that the needs will be met according to your divine desire, Lord. Father, we pray that our hearts and our minds would be receptive of that. Lord, we would live, Father, a life according to your plan and purpose for us, following it out through thy word. Lord, we pray tonight that you would touch those, Lord, that are grieved, sick, Father, again, afflicted, Lord. Uh, but, Father, we pray uh, just for strength and understanding, dear God, in the world we're living in. A lot of things don't make sense, but we believe, Father, with all of our heart, you're in control. And we know, dear God, that if we'll follow you unto the end, uh, we are going to be all right. And so we pray tonight, Father, help us. Uh, to be what you would have us to be, do what you'd have us to do. Forgive us, Lord, our shortcomings and our failures, dear God, we pray. And have your way in our hearts, Lord, tonight. And we'll ask you these things in Christ's name. And amen. Amen. If you got your Bibles, go with us to the book of 1 Peter. Uh, 1 Peter's not very long. Lord put on my heart earlier. Uh, this week, actually on Monday, <clears throat> uh, to read uh, through First Peter this week, and I'll go into Second Peter after I'm done. And um, you say, well, that's not very much. Got to get it done in one day. Uh, be honest with you, I'm taking it one chapter at a day, uh, looking back over some of what I'm reading and thinking about it. And this kind of correlates back to uh, what we was talking about on Sunday morning um, about being separate um, 
And like I said then, I'm not going to hound on Halloween. I think I've done that enough. Uh, it's an upcoming day. And I, and I think if we'll just be honest with ourselves, we will. We can see the truth about it. Uh, but I guess it's just this time of the year that is kind of one of those things where um, when we look at separating ourselves, I'm surprised at how we don't. And so... Uh, you know, maybe uh, if we start someplace, we can get someplace else. In other words, if we'll just take a stand, uh, we'll, we'll, we as Christians will get our mindset to where we need to be with the Lord. Uh, but it's hard with the peer pressure. It's hard with the way we grow up. And, and I'll be honest with you, uh, grew up uh, in a home that uh, that was not a bad day. Uh, but... Uh, didn't know enough, I'll be honest, at that time. And I sure didn't know enough Bible uh, at that time. But now I do. And this is not just applicable to a day, but to every day. And and that's so important, too, because our Bible is not written to us for specific days, but it's written to us for everyday living in our lives. And, um, you know, I, I, it just seems like when I talk about the scriptures and living by them, I can't help but to go back there to Jeremiah uh, when God told him to, and I, and I know I'll get this wrong uh, if I said verse word for word, but God told him to seek out the old paths and the old ways and walk therein. And he said therein is the good way and the good path. And, and, and I'm, I'm not, like I said, I'm not going to get that absolutely right. And he, but he said, you shall find rest for your souls. You know, if we live by the Bible, we have rest in the soul. We have peace in our soul. Why? Because we have peace with God. And, uh, you know, that's more important than having peace in this world. But, but what's so hard about it is the latter part of that verse, the very end, it says, but they said, we shall not walk therein, or we will not walk therein. There was a refusal to seek out God's way and live God's way. And we still have that today. You probably know somebody, I know I know some folks, where you can share with them the scripture and they'll they'll argue right against it, thinking they're arguing against you. But they're not arguing against you. They're not arguing against me. They're arguing against the word of God. I've done it. Guilty. But I don't want to do it no more. That's the whole point. So, Verse chapter First Peter chapter four. I'm going to start here <clears throat> and read just a few verses. We'll skip a little bit. We'll read a few more. It says, "For as much then as Christ hath suffered for us in the flesh, do you realize He suffered first for us before we ever had the opportunity? And it's an opportunity uh, and a privilege to suffer for Christ." But he says, For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind that he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin. And I'm going to tell you something tonight, church. I would to God that I would never sin again. But I understand this, that if I suffer for Christ, it's because I, I am ceasing from sin. And I should be doing and you should be doing every day better not to be sinning uh, and you know uh, 
People say you cannot be perfect. The Bible tells us to be perfect in love, and that love is our love towards God. And in His love, He perfects us. Not that we're perfect, but that His love, His blood, uh, Jesus' blood has cleansed us from our sins. And in so doing again, I believe we can live better every day. I believe we should live better every day. Uh, so then he goes that he no longer should live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. Do you realize in verse 2, he's telling us here that because that we have suffered uh, in the flesh uh, and we do so because of Christ and what his love for us is, not because he's caused us to suffer, but because we choose to suffer for Christ, we choose to suffer with Christ, we choose Jesus over everything else. That that verse there is that he should no longer live the rest of his time in the flesh to the lust of men. Um, the Bible tells us to set our affections on things above. Uh, you know, we're supposed to be looking towards our heavenly home. We're supposed to be looking towards God and his kingdom. Uh, Lay not up for yourselves treasures upon the earth. Uh, Matthew 6, think about this. But rather what? Lay up your treasures in heaven. Uh, so God is always telling us to look ahead of this life and not to get caught up in this life. Paul said he'd learn in whatsoever state he was in therewith to be content. The problem we have today is we're not content. We're always thinking we've got to have more of this or more of that. And I'm going to say tonight again, guilty of that very thing right there. Um, but I can honestly tell you in my heart, uh, the older I've gotten, the further I've gone in the things, I think more about how can I just be more dedicated to the Lord? How can I do more things for the Lord? Uh, and then I got another problem with that because I start trying to scheme around and figure out how to do things sometimes. But the truth of the matter is this. If you live your life every day for Christ, even if you cannot, um, I, don't, I don't know how to put it, but, you know, just live your life every day for Christ. And if you'll do that, you're living better for him. You're going to be a better light for him. And so you're going to be stronger and you're going to have less lust of the flesh and more love towards God. So he said that we should not live the rest of our time uh, in the flesh to the lust of men, but to the will of God. And that's what I want to do. He said, for the time of for the time past, our life may suffice unto us to have wrought the will of the Gentiles. In other words, we, we'd have done the lust of the flesh. When we walked in last viciousness, lust, excess of wine, reveling, banqueting, and abominable idolatries. Uh, basically, we lived a sin-filled life. And I will say this, as a Christian, we should not be living a sin-filled life. We should be living a spirit-filled life. The Bible says, be not filled with wine, where's an excess, but rather be you filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, and so we should be filled with the Spirit of God, uh, having Him to take control of us. So in the time past, uh, we walked one way, but today we're supposed to walk another way. We're supposed to walk according to the Word of God. Again, uh, think about it tonight. If you live, if you if you read this word and you follow this word, you live by this word, uh, which is God's word, <clears throat> it's going to change your life. Uh, then he says, wherein they think it strange that 
ye run not with them to the same excess of right speaking evil of you. Now, now think about this for just a second. As a Christian, are there not folks who say, man, I don't understand the way you're trying to live today. You know, you used to be like this or you used to do that. And, and, and if they're not, I want to ask you this. Is it because nobody around you is sinning? Or is it because nobody around you sees a difference in you? And, and I will say this. We sometimes surround ourselves with people. And in so doing, we live more like them instead of like Jesus. And when we do that, they don't think it's strange. But the minute we start trying to change, the minute we start trying to follow the Word of God, they start thinking it's strange. Something's wrong, you know. You're different because now you're not doing what they do. You're not doing what you used to do. Um, and so they think it's strange that you run not with them to the same excess of right. In other words, you're not going to live the evil life. You're not going to live the sinful life. And I'm going to be honest with you, church. Uh, it comes not just in the outside world. It actually comes from inside the church. Most of the time, that persecution comes from within inside the church of people who get on to people who are trying to change the life. And we shouldn't be getting on to people who are trying to get closer to God. We should be looking at them as an influence and we ourselves should try to get closer to God. Um, and then he says, Who shall give an account to him that is ready to judge the quick and the dead? Uh, for this cause was the gospel preached as also to them that are dead, uh, that they might be judged according to men in the flesh, but live according to God in the Spirit. You and I were dead in our trespasses and sin, uh, but God in his great love preached the gospel to us. Uh, and so we were had the opportunity to be transformed and changed by the renewing of our minds, uh, accepting what was the perfect will of God into our hearts and follow after him and do his pleasure. And then if you jump down, <coughs> excuse me, uh, to verse 12, and then I know I jumped a lot there, but, but look at this, and like I said, uh, not going to be long tonight. <clears throat> Excuse me. It said, Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing happened unto you. Don't, don't get concerned in this aspect. Don't get upset when people begin to question you, why you're doing what you're doing. Uh, why this? And then I, I've heard this, well, why the sudden change? Well, because I read a verse in the scripture and the Holy Ghost pricked my heart and I realized something that I may have been doing was wrong or something I may have been saying was wrong. Some place I may have been going was wrong. And all of a sudden that made me change. That, that created a change in my life because of the word of God and the spirit of God uh, spoke to me and said what you do or what you're saying or what you're not doing even uh, is wrong. And, you know, it's kind of like this. Um, we're driving down the interstate, and, and you, you've probably experienced this same as I have and probably done it the same as I have. Folks may have. Uh, but anyways, you're driving down the interstate. Uh, maybe you're flowing with traffic. Maybe you're, maybe you're going five over. Maybe you're just going three over. Um, but you're anyways, you're going. And then the next thing you know, somebody sees a state trooper. Everybody hits their brakes. 
and I know I've said it before and I get so aggravated you know you're driving down through there and let's just say we're doing 73 uh, in the 70 or 78 in the 75 or it may a lot of times it's even just doing the speed limit um, some in that time there but anyways they hit their brakes and everybody's like why the sudden change why why the sudden change well the reason for the sudden change is they saw the authority and they realized that the authority had authority and could stop them could pull them over could write them a ticket could do something to them that would financially hurt them or uh, maybe maybe you know even beyond that I don't know but the funny thing is is we'll we'll see that and we'll go oh it's the state trooper and we kind of get aggravated and it's like why you know he ain't gonna pull you over for doing whatever you know whatever you go on like that um, he's looking for a bigger fish to fry well the thing of it is is people do the same thing when you make an immediate change for God beloved think it not strange concerning the fiery trial which shall try you can I tell you that the devil will use people to try to stop you from following closer walking closer with God he, he will try to cause problems so that you'll think it's hard or it's might as well give up there's no sense in trying to do more and, and, and in so doing uh, the, you know God's telling us here not to think it's strange that this happens why because the devil we, we read this before right just over a few verses there in verse 8 in chapter 5 be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. Don't think it's strange that the devil gets upset about it. And by the way, don't think it's strange because other people get upset about it. But realize this, the Bible is a greater authority than the law. Uh, the state trooper gives you a temporary ticket, which causes you a temporary pain, whether it's a fine or even if you was something to hang on your record for the next three to five years. It's temporary. But when we respond to God, we're responding to a permanent situation. And so God has final answer in our lives, in final judgment. And so don't think it's strange that people get upset because the devil's got folks who's going to try to stop you from having a closer walk with the Lord. But rather, excuse me, but rather this, when you see that, remember what he said back here. For as much then as Christ has suffered for us in the flesh, arm yourselves likewise with the same mind. Why? For he that has suffered in the flesh has ceased from sin, that he no longer should live the rest of his time to the flesh of the lust of men, but to the will of God. And I'll say something else. As a church person, as a Christian, we're supposed to be. Why do we get on to people? Or why do we think it's strange when somebody tries to have a closer walk with God? If we're doing that, we ought to be ashamed of ourselves. And we ought to, again, look at that person and encourage them and do likewise instead of criticizing or talking behind their back and matter of fact the Bible addresses that not to be busybodies in other men's matters so then he goes on he says this in verse 13 
But rejoice in as much as ye are partakers of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Why? Because you've changed from the Gentile way, from the sinful way, from the lust of men way, from the lust of the belly, the lust, you know, the lust of the eye, the lust of the flesh, and the pride of life. You change from listening to the voice of the devil, and I'll, and I'll say it just as simple as that tonight, uh, whether it comes through his own interdiction or somebody else's mouth, and you started listening to the Word of God and the Spirit of God, and you suffered because you did that, you should have exceeding joy knowing that what you took a stand for and what you did for Christ caused somebody else uh, to get upset or to pause and take notice. And can I tell you something? The reason why most people get upset when you take a stand for the Lord and you stay with the Word of God is because they're convicted. And when they're convicted, they don't like that. I'm going to be honest with you. Um, in my own life, there's been times when I've been convicted and I got mad at somebody because I was convicted. But then I have to remember back to the day that God convicted my heart of my sinful lifestyle and the way that I was living, and I got saved. And you know what? The Bible says, whom God doth love, he chastens and rebukes. The conviction that we feel when we see or understand somebody else is doing the will of God and it may rub us the wrong way, is actually the chastisement of God to get us in the right way. Conviction for a Christian is God trying to make us better. Now, I will say this. There are some people who do not like conviction. Uh, they don't want to get any closer to God than what they already are. And by the way, if you're not walking closer, you're walking further away. You're either walking towards him or you're walking away from him. Uh, he that is not with me is against me. That's what the Bible says. Uh, so, anyways, in that right there, he says, But rejoice in as much as you're a partaker of Christ's suffering, that when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. Then he goes on. If ye be reproached for the name of Christ, happy are ye. For the spirit of glory and of God resteth upon you. On their part he is evil spoken of, but on your part he is glorified. But let it none of you, remember what I said, but let none of you suffer as a murderer, as a thief, or as an evildoer, or as a busybody in other men's matters. Yet if any man suffer as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God on this behalf. Think about it, church. Then this is a very familiar scripture. For the time has come that judgment must begin at the house of God. And if it first begin at us, what shall the end of be of them that obey not the gospel of God? Can I tell you the answer to that is going to be hell, uh, folks. And they don't want that. But can I tell you for us tonight, uh, we should be glad that, that we are living for Christ. He said, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinners appear? Wherefore, let them that suffer according to the will of God commit the keeping of their souls to him in well-doing as unto a faithful creator. And God is a faithful creator. So just remember that this evening and glorify God and honor him and magnify him and walk with him. 
and do all the things that need to be done according to the will of God, the purpose of God, and the plan of God, and you will be all right in the end. I promise you. Um, so with that, tonight, like I said, it wasn't very long, but <clears throat> to give you what the Lord laid on our heart. But I did fail to mention a special uh, prayer request. Uh, Brother Brother uh, Curtis, um, pastor, friend of ours, a uh, long time, uh, is uh, not doing well and uh, it doesn't look good at all. Uh, but uh, do ask that you would remember him uh, in your prayers and his family in your prayers. Uh, if you just remember the Curtis family uh, tonight, would so appreciate that. Father, this evening, Lord, we again thank you. We love you, dear God, and we praise you, Lord, for your mercies and grace. Asking you, Father, this evening, draw us close to thee. Draw us close one to another. Father, help us to be that which we need to be for thy name's sake. Let us, Lord, just draw others to you as well by living a life, Father, pleasing unto you. And, Lord, help us tonight to rejoice if we so find ourselves persecuted for that stand. And we'll give you glory, we'll give you honor, and give you praise, Lord, tonight for all things in Jesus' name. And amen. God bless you. I look forward to being able to see everybody we can on Sunday.